ESPN 94.1 FM at 8:930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. Welcome into your Wednesday, October 2nd edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone line, 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Lite Hold True. Great taste only, 96 calories. It is the original light beer. You can also find me on Twitter at Paul Swan, and you can find the show on Facebook by searching The Drive with Paul Swan. Coming up on the program this evening, we're going to hear from Chip Walters. He's the play-by-play announcer for Middle Tennessee. So we'll get his thoughts coming up at about 5.15. And then right after that, we're going to hear from the head coach of the Marshall Volleyball team, Ari Agonis, and we'll make time for your phone call. So that's the lineup for today's show. And you can join me anytime by hitting up those phone numbers. Now, we got a lot to get into. Not only are we going to talk Marshall football, Marshall volleyball, but last night the Marshall men's soccer team got their seventh win of the season, and they shut out the Dayton Flyers 2-0 at Hoops Family Field. Marshall's now 7-1-1. The Flyers fell to 5-5. Five five. Marshall is right outside of the NCAA United Soccer Coaches Poll which came out Tuesday. The Herd received 29 votes, and they're sitting at number 26 overall. So they're on the outside looking in. They keep this up. They're going to crack that top 25, and you're going to have a ranked soccer program at Marshall University. That's what you expected. When you built that facility, when you relocated the soccer field, what you did was You created an incubator for success, I think, because soccer came from having nothing to one of the best collegiate soccer fields in the country. And you got a coach that came in, was able to recruit to that. So this is what you got now. I think soccer program is going to do a lot of good things. You might actually have a shot here competing for a national championship or at least making it. I mean, think about it. You could have a soccer program that could compete for a championship. The soccer program. And it costs less to run that soccer program than it does football. That's for sure. But the soccer program's doing well. I'm going to tell you right, right up front. Volleyball, I don't know what the long haul is going to be this season, but it looks good so far. With uh, Ari Agnes joining us here in a little bit, and we'll talk to her about that. So things are looking up. Now, um, Things aren't looking so good for the women's team. Uh, they're 3-8-0 right now, um, and they're going to play a conference uh, matchup this weekend. they got a couple, actually. Uh, they're going to play host to ODU at 7 o'clock on Thursday, and then they're going to have Charlotte come in, and they're going to entertain them on Sunday at 1 p.m. So if you're not into the Sunday NFL thing, you've got some soccer at the soccer field to talk to about. There you go. Nice little Sunday outing there, and of course, Thursday. Uh, again, if you are doing the rounds, what you could do is you could head down to Fat Patties. You could catch the uh, Mike Hamrick show. Uh, you could catch a little bit of Doc and then head on down to the soccer field. I mean, that's, that's one way to go about it. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to break early here in a few minutes because I want to get Chip on. So we'll do that here in a few minutes, uh, give him a chance to uh, come on, and then we're going to talk to Ari. Uh, We got a lot to talk about with this Marshall-Middle Tennessee game. Uh, Here's the question. 
Yeah, you can answer this on social media. You can reply to me at Paul Swan. Is this a bigger rivalry game for you in conference than Western Kentucky? Where's this rank? Where do you think this Marshall-Middle Tennessee series goes in your mind? Because it's not just football, it's basketball, really. And I would think you'd have to put Middle Tennessee up there with Western Kentucky. Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky, uh, the Florida schools probably – more FAU only because there's a little swagger there with FAU right now. Maybe you could put that there. Uh, I would say those are the, the three you look at and say, okay, those are the teams you, know, you aim most for in Conference USA. I don't know how you feel about Charlotte, Old Dominion. Uh, it's nice, but it's not that nice. But everybody's got a natural rival except Marshall. FAU, FIU. Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee. Right? Charlotte Old Dominion, right? A little bit more natural rivalry. Marshall. Here it is. Guess it's everybody versus Marshall. Get those shirts reprinted. Print those shirts back up. Marshall versus the world. I'd still would buy that. You know what? Print those up. Get that new logo with Dan D'Antoni's uh, court design there with the old Marco head and the new M. Put that in the center of that. Marshall versus everybody. Uh, I'll be first in line to buy that. I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and get our break early now. Um, Chip's going to call us. We're going to talk to him. He's the voice of Middle Tennessee. We'll talk to him later on. Ari Agnes will be our guest, and we will get your phone calls in as well. It's The Drive, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented this hour by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. It is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And joining us now on the program, uh, these two schools are rivals, but uh, the broadcast teams, we like each other. Joining us now is Chip Walters. He's the play-by-play announcer for Middle Tennessee. And uh, Chip, uh, we can get along, but, uh, boy, these football teams have uh, had some um, short history that's been fun. I tell you, it really has. And, I mean, you, you had a little bit of history back in the 1AA days, and then, uh, you know, you had a pretty good sizable break in there. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, it, you know the games between these two uh, have, you know, especially the ones in Murfreesboro have been crazy and last play of the game, overtime kind of deals, and, but you're right. It's it's kind of interesting. I mean, uh, Steve and and and, and the, the Marshall crew, you know, some of my best friends in the league. And I think Stock and, and Doc are probably as close as any two head coaches. They've known each other for a long, long time. And and I think you know you you uh, that level of competitiveness. You always want to win. But when uh, and especially when on the coaching side of it, they you you want to you want to make sure that. Uh, you take care of your friends a little bit and make sure you get the win there if you can. So it'll be fun this week. I think we're going to get a little break in the weather, it sounds like. So last we spoke, there was a quarterback uh, by the name of Stockstill, and he's a pretty good quarterback. Uh, are you sure he graduated? Because uh, Asher O'Hare could be uh, almost his doppelganger. Well, you know, Asher, the, from a size standpoint, you're right. And there's some, you know, when you look at, at those two guys, uh, Brent had some, uh, he probably had some tools and skills in his 
toolbox that Asher didn't have. And to be quite honest, Asher probably has a few things in his arsenal, uh, probably a little quicker with his feet, you know, things like that. Uh, he, uh, you know, Brent was, uh, and so is Asher, cerebral kind of guy, but, you know, there, there are a lot of similarities between the two. And it's kind of interesting when you talk to Asher, I mean, here you see this guy, he's out here, you know, leaping over people and, you know, you know, throwing into tight windows and competitive as all get out. And then you talk to him and he sounds like Percy Peabody, you know, from the library. It's uh, it's kind of it's kind of funny, but he's a he's a fun guy to talk, to deal with. And, you know, and he stepped right up and first came out of the gate, you know, uh, you know, just stuck in there with Michigan and played great and came back and. You know, well, he threw for 367 yards that day and ran for over 100. So, you know, he's truly a guy that, that has to be accounted for in the running game. You know, the, the good news, bad news, he's been middle's leading rusher in the first uh, four games. That's the good news. The bad news is he's been middle's leading rusher in the first four games. So that's, you know, that's something that has to be worked on. His coach told him, hey, wait a minute, we need you here. Because it seems like you look at him, he's not sliding. He's going head first. He's, uh, he's, he's actually almost like a running back in some regards. Well, you know, it's, it's, we, last week you know, last week at Iowa, he, we saw a few more signs of him trying to take care of himself a little more. You know, I think early on, you know, against Michigan, and, and then we played Tennessee State, which is local rival here, and kind of – you know, big crowd for that. And, you know, everybody was kind of juiced up and the offense kind of got rolling and, and, and he just, he's just very, very competitive. And, and, uh, and, but I think they're having to, you know, rein him in just a little bit, you know, say, Hey, we want you here all year, but uh, you know, so he's, uh, you know, he's pretty good for a redshirt sophomore. That's, that's the, that's the real neat part is you've got him for two more years after this. Joining us on the program, he calls Middle Tennessee football. Chip Walters and Asher's not the only threat on the field. Um, you definitely have to keep an eye on Ty Lee. That's something Doc identified early. Not only you got to be aware where Asher's at, but you got to know where Ty Lee's at at all times. Ty Lee is a really good possession kind of receiver. Can make a big play. Uh, last week he set the middle record for consecutive. Uh, games with a reception. He's now had one in 44 straight games, which broke the record of Kendall Newson, who was a really good player back about 15 years ago and ended up playing in the NFL. And now he is uh, one. No, he's tied with. Uh, he, he is one. No, he's one shy of Richie James' uh, touchdown receiving record. So. He's tied with another really good receiver named Kerry Wright, and interestingly enough, all three of those guys who are first and tied for second are all undersized receivers. So the most prolific touchdown catchers in middle history have all been guys 5'10 or under. So uh, not, not sure how that worked out that way, just did. But, uh, but he, you know, ties is really good, and, and last year – Kind of had to take a lot of a lot of the weight on his own shoulders. This year, we've seen um, Jaron Pierce, JUCO transfer out of California, Jimmy Marshall, young man who has been in the program, and all of a sudden the light bulb went on. But he's a you know six four, two hundred twenty five pound target that can run like a deer, you know, and 
D.J. England Chisholm, true freshman out of South Carolina. There's more depth in the receiving core. It's the best receiving core that Middles had in about 10 years. And, you know, and it's, it's better, you know, Asher is the beneficiary of this receiving core that Brent didn't have that many different guys. Against Michigan, 14 different guys caught passes against Michigan. So they spread the wealth around, and, you know, some people like that. Some people, you know, want to see you go to a guy with a hot hand, both as a receiver and a running back. But, you know, Middle's offense is, you know, especially under Tony Franklin, has been one that's very diverse, and a lot of people touch the ball. Chip Walters is joining us on the program. Now, Chip, looking at the schedule, I don't know how to get a beat on what Middle Tennessee is this year. Uh, Michigan, obviously a competitive game, scoreboard, maybe not the case. Uh, Duke, Iowa, they're going to do th- what they did to Middle Tennessee to a lot of teams. Same thing with Cincinnati, the way they beat Marshall. I'm trying to figure out what these two teams are going to look like when they play on Saturday. And uh, I don't know. Do you burn the film? What do you do? I, you know, I don't know that you necessarily burn the film, but 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 I, you know, from I was talking to Steve the other day, and and I think you could make a legit case that that uh, especially us laymen out there uh, really can't get a real handle on what either team has. I mean, uh, I mean, middle schedule was so heavy loaded with the, those three power fives and, and, and there were such physical mismatches and you could see kind of a mental toll that, you know, the third game of those took, I think the, you know, Michigan was, I think when you go back and look, Michigan, uh, was maybe not as good as we thought going in. Duke was a ton better than I think anybody realized, and we saw that uh, after of what they did with Virginia Tech as well. And Iowa is just as solid a football team as you can hope to see. And I'll be interested to see how their game with Michigan goes this week. I, I would, I would take Iowa in that game in a straight up. Uh, pick them and, and that Iowa wins on the road in that game. I, I just think they're that good and that solid. So, I mean, Coach Stock said on his radio show on Monday that, you know, playing that kind of schedule, it does take a toll. Fortunately, not a ton of major injuries came out of it. He just says, you know, it just, you know, you just get beat on and beat on and, and, and it, it kind of takes a toll on you mentally. Now, you know, it, it, everything's fresh again for both of these two teams because you're into the league race. And and this is one thing that I, I talked a lot about on shows like yours uh, in Michigan and in Iowa and in North Carolina uh, in the in the first month of the season was that you know the the real issue that we had and was that Middle is built to play Conference USA style football much like Marshall and Western and you know Charlotte whoever I mean it's a hundred yard fifty three and a third game it's you know, Iowa plays theirs, you know, between the tackles for the most part. Michigan is a little more wide open. Now, Duke plays a, 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 a wide open game, and but they they are much bigger and stronger than I than I ever expected them to be. I was really impressed with, with their team and how well coached they were. Not that you didn't expect it with David Cutcliffe, but they they were defensively. I think is where the real surprise came. But you know, now I think we're all we're all kind of alike now that we get into the league race. I'm not sure that there's a great team in this league. There's some good teams. 
I'm not sure there's anybody who can go and run away with it. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're going to learn a lot here in the next couple of weeks. I mean, as, as, un, as, uh, as mean as the schedule maker was in the non-conference, you know, a lot of times that's self-inflicted because you sign those contracts to play those games. But the Conference USA schedule maker, not really kind of middle uh, here in the first four weeks because you're, you're scheduling the first four weeks of the league. You've got Marshall at home, who's picked to win the East. You have to go to FAU, go to North Texas, who's picked to finish uh, first in the West, and then you come home for FIU. So four of what would be considered the better teams in the league, you play in the first four of your eight conference games. But the good news is the 100 Miles of Hate is on November 30th this year. The 100-mile rivalry is, is and, and, and I'll tell you, to be honest, that game needs to be the last game of the year. It really does, uh, because it is it's it's a it is a it is a it is a true rivalry, and and I know that it's very similar, you know, somewhat with uh, with Marshall, but as close as Middle and Western are, uh, it, it it's a game that, that that needs to cap off the season, and 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 boy, we've had some crazy ones with them, just as much or or I was looking today, we've had. We played ten overtime games in our history in, in the in the one A era, and four of them have been against Western. So, one has been against Marshall. So it, it's been you know kind of kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, that's coming up toward the end of the year. You got Charlotte, Old Dominion, Rice, and Western are your last four compared to what I told you about as the first four. Yeah. But look who's on top of the league right now. Who's two and zero in the in the conference? Didn't see that coming. Does Randy Lee text you? Just go, hey, we're two and zero. Does that happen? No, no. I I I I beat him to the punch, and I and I and I text him and congratulate him and tell him that it's all his that made that possible. <laughs> Say that one more time. You cut out a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I I take the I I tell him you know I'll text him first and say congratulations. It's all because of your efforts that you guys are now two and zero. Okay, so, I just want to make sure no. I had that because you cut right where you no. said that. Um, I, I don't know if I would give that guy. I mean, come on, he's he's the worst of both worlds for you. He's at Western Kentucky no, and he's a Marshall guy. I know, and and I know, and I have to get and I have to get along with him, and and you know, I go and, and I go and I enjoy myself, and when we'll go have dinner together, we'll go, you know, and enjoy baseball game or whatever and and then I, I feel so bad but when I get away because it's like man he's a friend of mine and, and and I really enjoy being around him but gosh he broadcast for Western and he went to Marshall how can I like him you know that's a that's a tough that's a tough pill to swallow there um, before we let you go I just need to know one thing is Giddy Potts still graduated Giddy Potts uh he has uh, applied for a seventh year of eligibility and uh but uh, it's now Giddy was actually uh, Giddy is playing. Where is he? Giddy is in Korea playing basketball. So uh, and and had a really good year. Reggie Upshaw had a fantastic year uh, in Germany, and uh, Jacory Williams is playing in Europe. And and uh, Marcos Knight, a bunch of those guys are still playing and uh, having good careers. And uh, Nick McDevitt's having a, had a really good recruiting year and got a great commitment the other day. So a lot of there's a, after a, you know a rough year last year, winning nine games and a, kind of dealt a tough hand uh, before the season started. You know there's a lot of great things happening here 
uh, with with men's basketball and the women's team uh, may be the best they've ever had this year. So there's a lot of excitement about hoops and 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 I think you know everybody's still kind of waiting to see, like we talked about, kind of finish where we started. That they're all kind of, everybody's kind of waiting to see exactly you know, what we've got when we play a, a familiar opponent like Marshall this weekend. It's our Hall of Fame weekend. We've got two we got seven people going into the Blue Raider Hall of Fame. Two former uh football players, both played uh in the NFL. Tony Burse, who I'm trying to think he ne- no, he never he didn't play in the playoff games we played against Marshall, but Eric Walden, who played for a long time for the Colts and Titans, he's going in as well. So that's all going on this weekend as well. Ironically, like funny, it. strange, kind of you know, curious yeah. at the big weekend for her for her fans. Uh huh. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, they actually picked the date for Hall of Fame weekend before that. I mean, you know, that they have a you know, every weekend is a theme of some sort. The first, the Tennessee State game was they call Legends Weekend, where they invite back all former players. Uh, the Duke game was the Blackout Night. This weekend is is uh, is Hall of Fame weekend, and of course. Later on down the road, you've got homecoming and and uh, Veterans Weekend and and stuff like that. So it's a uh, for herd fans coming come on down because the weather is going to be really fantastic. It was a hundred degrees. We've had we've been over ninety degrees this year, ninety five days, and it was a hundred degrees here. The official high yesterday was ninety eight, but the heat is going to break on tomorrow night. And the high on Saturday is like 84 and not a cloud in the sky. Chip, good catching up with you again. Uh, please keep Giddy and Korea and uh, have a great weekend, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Keep that, keep that Bill Cornwell straight up there, okay? That's impossible. That is next to impossible. You know better than that. <laughs> See ya. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. That is Chip Walters. Uh, he knows the deal. Bill Cornwell's hard to keep track of. We got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Coming up this weekend, Thundering Herd volleyball team on the road. Successful first homestand in conference leads us to believe that Marshall head coach Ari Agnes is going to go undefeated in conference play and win the conference title. No pressure. Coach Agnes with us now on the program. And undefeated and conference title. No no problem. No pressure, right? You got that. Absolutely no pressure at all, especially with only two games in. I mean, that's all I need. I've got my assessment here. I, I think my pick's locked. You can uh, you can do this. <laughs> I, have, I have faith in you. Hey, I've got faith in it too. So as long as you and I are on the same page, we're good to go. How's it feel? Uh, you got to be the uh, first team to, um, to have a, a contest on the new hardwood, and uh, you got great crowd support. You got to win your first two conference games, and uh, everything's looking great right now, uh, just the way you planned it when you uh, you applied for the job. <laughs> it's exactly it. No, it was – the crowds were amazing. We had over 700 people at both at both matches, which is just – absolutely unreal especially to go from a friday night you can typically expect to have more fans but to have that again on sunday was just really great and i know it wasn't our best volleyball it wasn't the best we've ever played and and that's okay because it's it's moments like having 700 people in there cheering for you that you're able to push through a little bit further so definitely helped us or is amazing if you haven't come seen it like it's it's just so such an upgrade so it's, it's been a fun weekend 
Now you got to go on the road for three. Thankfully, it's not uh, consecutively, but uh, you're going to play uh, Charlotte, then Western Kentucky on the Friday-Sunday uh, sweep, and then uh, back at it on Friday again on the road, the 11th against Middle Tennessee before you come back home for a Friday-October 18th contest against Rice. So really, I guess the schedule does work out a little easier than you, when you usually say three-game road trip, but uh, here it is. Uh, you're getting deep in the conference now. Yeah, it's, we got lucky, I, I will say. I mean, Charlotte's an easy trip, and then to Western, another easy, at least, like, longevity type of feel on your body. So that should be okay. And then to come back, then we've just got one that we've got to prep for with Middle Tennessee on Friday. Then we get a long break um, to get able and get ready for Rice and, and North Texas. So then it gets, we're, we're right in it, though. It's Even though we're only two conference games in, they seem to go a lot faster than the preseason tournaments. And and we're ready. We, we had a really great practice today. We had a good practice yesterday. Um, we're trying some new things that we're hoping will line up with each of our comp pieces of the competition this weekend. So we're definitely really excited. I know we're early still in conference, even though it feels like we've been doing this for a while. But um, what's uh, been the difference in your mind between your non-conference slate and your first two Conference USA matches? Um. You know, just just for the team, they've got their own rivalries in, in different ways with each team because you play them every year. So I think knowing that every win that we get in Conference USA is one step closer to making the tournament and then, you know, hopefully winning the tournament from there, that there's a different type of lock-in focus. But from a day-to-day standpoint, it's just prepping for the next team and getting ready to try to just win as best we can. Is that an advantage or a disadvantage being this is going to be truly your first time going through this conference rotation? And I know there is usually some notes you take, keep in the back of your mind for next year when you you face off against the team again. But really, it's a disadvantage and advantage because you're fresh, they're fresh. Nobody really knows each other other than what you've seen on film. So uh, I guess it's exciting in that way because uh, every game is going to be a different challenge. Exactly. There are no preconceived notions. There are no um, kind of tendencies that I'm like, we'll, we'll look after hitter tendencies and where defense goes via film and stuff. I'm lucky enough to have Taylor, my assistant, that she has been in this conference before. And a lot of the coaches have been here a long, long time. So there are some things that she's like, it's the exact same that when she was here, but, but I think it's actually a little bit refreshing to not, kind of think or assume you know what they're going to do so that each time it's it's brand new. And I hope that we continue to kind of have that mindset to respect everybody be the same every time we go in. Joining us on the program, Marshall women's volleyball coach Ari Agnes, thundering her 2-0 in conference and 11-4 and overall. The road trip coming up will feature Charlotte and Western Kentucky, and then you got Middle Tennessee. So really, you've got Charlotte, which is close, and then you've got I don't know, um, at least in my mind, uh, the two teams I hope Marshall beats in all sports the most, Western <laughs> Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. You know, I'm supposed to be objective here, but I'm not. <laughs> no, I hope, I hope we do too. It's like when you're close, it feels a little bit, little bit more um, like, like an actual rivalry, which, which is exciting. And, and I think the girls are, are very much ready to hopefully get three wins on this next little stint here. Have they told you anything or, you know, are you getting any like, okay, uh, you know, we really have to get Middle Tennessee or we have to get Western <laughs> Kentucky or, again, is that just me in the back of my head not liking these schools? 
No, but see, I think it's just we've we're only focused on Charlotte right now. So anything that comes out, hopefully it'll be the day of, and then they can tell me all the reasons why and and what they feel. So they've they've got an itch for everybody, and I think they just they the the reasons different. Um, but but they definitely have a want or need to beat everybody for their own specific reasons. So it'll be exciting to hear what those reasons are when we get to those. See, that's the correct answer. Like, hey, look, we're 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 focused on Charlotte. You know, we're looking, we're not looking ahead. We're, you know, we're just looking at Charlotte here. Um, again, I know it's early right now, uh, still in the season, but how is Marshall compared to what you thought it was going to be when you took the job to what it's actually been? From the stepping in on day one and, and now it's, it's just what I expected, I guess. I don't, I didn't look back at anything from last year and, and the talent level, the girls that I had this spring, they just, continue to progress and get better. So I, I really didn't have any expectations because our number one focus from the beginning truly was building the culture. And so we didn't put any type of wants or needs other than, yeah, we want to make the conference tournament. We want to win the conference tournament. But if all the pieces inside the locker room don't work, that's not going to work either. So we, I definitely 100% had no expectations of this team other than to give it their all every single time. So they're, they've been doing that. We we don't play great all the time, but we just keep preaching that sometimes you just have to be better than the other team or make just like one less error than the other team. And that's what we're trying to do right now, because sometimes you're not you're not going to have your best game every day. But but I think that from stepping into now, they've just they haven't let up. They continue to work hard every single day and they continue to just prove us right for what we believe we know each of them has inside. Joining us on the program, Marshall women's volleyball coach Ari Agnes, and again, Thundering Herd on the road, Charlotte, Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, and then we can uh, bring you back on to start uh, hyping up Rice and North Texas. Uh, yeah, you got to go to UTEP and UTSA, but boy, you don't have to go to Rice and North Texas. That's, I guess that's the Which plus. Which is great. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. I mean, it's just not fair. The Texas, I mean, you, you've got this schedule where, okay, Charlotte, Western Kentucky, it's real easy. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, UTEP. you got to go to UTEP. <laughs> Still got to make the swing, right? But that's what makes the conference so fun is it's literally everywhere. Coach, good talking to you. Um, and um, I'm glad that um, you're, um, you're – the other Agnes on the on the squad is a better fashion sense. I saw him last. He didn't see me, but <laughs> better fashion sense. Um, and I'm still not not wearing that blazer. No, not still doing it. One day, one day we will get you to. But I appreciate it. Uh, I'll tell you what, conference championship. You hoist then that trophy up. One. I'll I'll wear that blazer. Conference championship. All right. That's my price. Fair enough. Fair enough. We will get working on that right away. <laughs> You know what's going to happen? You're going to win the conference championship, and I'm stuck with that blazer. That's okay. I'll, exactly. I'll pay. I'll pay that price. I will pay that price. Fair enough. Coach, Fair enough. Thanks for doing it again. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. We're going to call it a night. Thanks to my guest, Chip Walters. Appreciate him for uh, stepping in, helping out, and also Ari Agnes, head coach of the Marshall Women's Volleyball Team. I'll be back tomorrow here once again to do it all over. Uh, let's just hope the uh, the flonades and everything else uh, kicks in. So uh, I can do this a little bit stronger for you tomorrow. I do appreciate you checking out the show, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. So for Chip and for Ari, I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.